You're listening to The Dirt on Dating with your host, Noah Scott. Whether you're on the prowl or spicing up your relationship, we've got the dirt to help you find success in today's digital dating world. Hey everybody, Noah here. Just wanted to drop in with a very quick announcement. The next two episodes I accidentally recorded with my MacBook uh, microphone. So you'll notice there's a little bit of a drop in the audio quality. I had my pro mic plugged in, but it just wasn't sending the, the signal. So yeah, bear with me. And I think the guests have some very powerful things to say. So sit back, enjoy, and we'll have the pro mic up after these two episodes. Welcome to this episode of the Dirt on Dating Show. I'm Noah Scott, and today we have a fantastic guest on the show. I'm excited to introduce Bella. We're going to find out what it's like to date Bella. So Bella is she's a junior at University of Michigan. She's studying journalism and digital media. She runs a blog called I Am Becoming and talks about a range of topics, including dating, college life, travel, and mental health, all stuff that we love to talk about on the show. So welcome to the show, Bella. This is going to be a great conversation. I'm excited. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Awesome. So let's give everyone a little bit of background on you as a person. And are you in a relationship now? What is your status? And and what is that? Yeah, I think the first... As of right now, I am currently going on dates with someone exclusively, but we're yet to put a label on it because it's only been about two, three weeks. So hopefully, I think it's leaning in the right direction. But yeah, that weird like in-between phase is where I'm at. And then I have been, I think my first date I ever went on, I was in sixth grade. So I am the type of person that is pretty used to being in relationships. I have never really taken like a huge break from it. But yeah, so right now I'm pretty excited with the person that I'm talking to and I hope for the best. Fantastic. And let's talk a little bit about your blog and, and these creative endeavors that you're doing. Cause it's, you didn't just wake up one day and decide to do it and then give up. Like you kept going with the blog. So obviously there's some motivation behind it. Walk me through that motivation. Why write about relationship stuff? What's the incentive there? Yeah, my I started the blog when I was a senior in high school. Kind of was dealing with some reputation stuff. I had this reputation that I slept around all the time and partied, and that was just very inaccurate. So I wanted to set the bar straight. Oh, yeah, it's very relatable. I feel like a lot of people have been in my same position. And so I started writing, not expecting to get any audience really from it, more just as a relief for myself. And then people started commenting, saying it was relatable, saying it you know changed your perspective. It, help them out in some way. So that is why I stuck with it. That's why I still do it today. It's really just the positive feedback, people that are reading it, knowing that I'm making an impact on anyone's life. And then just being someone who has been in relationships for what feels like forever, I feel I'm confident talking about it, talking about my experiences personally. I never want to generalize and say, what works for me is going to work for everyone. But I'm a person, I have preferences, I have likes, dislikes. So at least I can share that. And I know that it's been helpful for a lot of guys that read my blog and just giving a perspective on what is actually going through a girl's mind. Because a lot of times it's very confusing. Absolutely. I think guys are always questioning what is happening. It's a completely different. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Girls are questioning the same thing about guys too. For sure. That's a huge reason why we do the show, right? Like it's wondering through this through these collective interviews that we do and getting all these different perspectives when we start talking about it we can maybe understand wait a second this stuff that i was ashamed of is actually cool 
and yeah. all these, these fantasies and fetishes or whatever things that I'm going through are pretty normal or vice versa. Maybe it's oh, actually I'm weird. Who knows? With that in mind, I, I, I want to take a little bit of time to, to chat about what something you touched on earlier about this perception of you being extremely promiscuous and how that affected you. What do you think? What You said it was far from the truth. Like, it was that just because you were dating more than some of your friends and, and they felt jealous? Like, why do you think that you got that reputation? I think even to this day, I get approached a lot and I'm always asked, oh, are you in a sorority or this kind of stuff? When really in high school, I was like very much a homebody. I would hang out with my mom. She was my best friend. I'd be doing puzzles, like very calm, always in a relationship that tended to be pretty sturdy every single time. And I was definitely not the type to sleep around, but I guess from outside appearances, my best friend also is the type to sleep around. She's a little more crazy and she'll be the first person to admit to it. So I think people just by association, by outside appearances, that stuff just assumed who I was without ever actually getting to know me. Got it. Got it. So what are your thoughts about sleeping around in general? It's not for me. I just think that I would get attached, but I have friends that do it and they love it. I was talking to a girl the other day and she is the type that usually is in a relationship, but lately she's just been wanting to sleep around, just wanting sex. So more power to her. I feel like if you think that it empowers you, that's great. But I think it can also be negative to the point where you feel like you're being used all the time and just have a problem getting out of the cycle. So it's really just how you approach it and knowing what you want from the get-go. Yeah, well said. So now let's take a little bit and let's chat through some stories of some of your adventures as you're going through dating. Let's start with let's start with the ugly, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll start with the ugly. Like, what? Give us a, an example of a, of, an, of a date or a relationship that you screwed up in one way or another, and what happened? Take us there. Oh my gosh! Everyone makes prefacing this with everyone makes mistakes in middle school and high school. I went through a phase right after a year and a half long relationship ended. I was wanting to end it, yet I was also still really upset about it. Just like I just couldn't see it going anywhere down the road. So the rebound phase for me was a little rocky. I ended up not sleeping with any of them, but um, hooking up less than that with three guys from the same friend group. So. I definitely would not recommend that. That was one of my low points. I immediate lesson learned right after. I just, I didn't want to ruin it. What was that? Was it a foursome? Was it all of them together? No, not at the same time. Not at the same time. No, (laughs) separately. It was one jumping from one to the next. Yeah. I broke up a few friendships there and I felt awful about it. So that was probably the worst dating wise that I've ever experienced. I think I would have to say. Yeah. It's interesting the sleeping with friends. And I know if anyone's out there is going through that, it can be, it can feel like if your ex is now sleeping with your friends, it can feel like it's a personal assault. But I think from experience, a lot of times when someone is going through a breakup, like you were saying, you're on a rebound, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, dealing with pain that is happening. And so give them some time before you make a judgment, right? Because a lot of times the things that they're doing right then during a breakup might not necessarily be their true intention. It could just be a way of them coping with the breakup. And that just goes to show that the relationship that you had was actually powerful and they're actually suffering. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not who I am as a person. It was just definitely uh, circumstantial. So pretty wild though. (laughs) Maybe who knows? Maybe you'll have a a similar experience in better context. So down the road. So now let's talk about 
one of your more amazing adventures. So a story of, it could be this guy that you're dating now, maybe a story of, or another time that, man, if this was what dating was like, I'd be doing this every single day. So actually right now, relationship is great, but I think the best story I have to say was from my most recent ex-boyfriend. We dated for six months during school. We traveled to California and Spain and Portugal together. Amazing. But even just like at the very beginning, it was almost like that love at first sight type thing where we saw each other. And then from there on out, we were inseparable. We did everything together. But yeah, I would say going to like traveling to Spain and Portugal was like amazing and just like such a great, if that could happen all the time, if that's what dating is like, then it's, it makes all of the heartbreak and all of the other bad stuff totally worth it. Just being able to travel with a partner and yeah. yeah. And is the sex more fiery when you're on vacation? I would say so. Okay. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about some of the lessons that you, that you personally find as you're writing these, the, the blog and stuff. What would you say is like the most, the post that you shared that I think that got the most feedback and the most response from people? Yeah. I think the one that was most, got most feedback would be one that I wrote about so a lot of people that I know, they will sleep with someone hoping that it will turn into a relationship. And I get DMs about it all the time. People will always say, so like, how much would you do with the person before like you would hope for them to ask you out or like on a first date, how far would you go? That kind of thing. I am like farthest I'll go on a first date is a kiss. I was always taught why buy the cow, can you get the milk for free? So basically sleeping with someone is not going to get you to the end result that you're hoping for. So I would say that was like the the biggest one. Besides that, it would have to be if someone's choosing between you or someone else, they don't want either of you deep down. Because if I see someone that I want, they're the only one that I want. If I'm choosing between two people, it means that I'm really just not that into either. And I think that's another thing that a lot of people that read my blog just, I think they know that deep down, but they have a hard time actually coming to terms with it and acknowledging that it's just not it's not going to work out. Maybe the guy's just not that into you, or maybe the girl's just not much into you. Yeah. Those are the two. That brings me to an interesting conversation point, which I think is about transitions, because if you do have a a serial monogamy type uh, dating habit, right, where (laughs) you are dating, not dating around, but you have a partner, then you'll transition out of that relationship and you'll start another relationship right off the bat with another partner. What I'm, I'm hearing, you've gotten pretty good. Yeah. At that. Yes. Most people, and most people that ask for advice are usually looking for it, and they just have a hard time with going from being dating around, dating many people, or even hooking up. Just they have a hard time transitioning because it's it seems like a whole different world in being the serious um, monogamy that form of relationship. Yes, but that is what I usually am. It's what I go for. Cool. So then, what are your thoughts about? does the love expire at a certain point and then you're like i'm ready for something new or is it more that something else comes along and then there's this you're ruled by the judgment of i can't have two things at the same time so i've got to give this one up or transition it to a friend zone so i can have the new one what are your thoughts about that so my biggest problem i would say with dating is that i definitely have a wandering eye I will be in a relationship with someone for a few months and then look around and be like, oh wait, but there's so many 
other good options, especially being young. I feel like, you know, I have so much time ahead of me and having other good options out there or what appear at first sight to be good options will make me second guess my personal relationship. So for me, it has been with almost every single relationship I've been in, I have something great, but there's other options. So I'm going to switch to friend zone with this one, try something else. And I think really the other options, I think if I knew, if I was truly in love, I would know that they are the only one, they're the only ones I have my, they're the only one I have my eyes for. So I think to me, it's really just an eye opener that this is not the relationship that I'll want. This is, you know, there's other things out there. I'm not fully involved in this relationship. So maybe it's time for me to move on to something else. Cool. And then do you find you're the one that's usually pulling the plug? Yes, I have been almost every single time. Got it. So earlier on the show, we, we were talking about how you have this uncanny ability to stay friends with your exes. What's the process there? Okay. I would just say it's all in the form of the breakup. You try not to get mad, try to stroke their, stroke their ego a little bit. That definitely helps who doesn't want to be complimented and then just be completely straightforward and honest. Say, this is exactly what's going through my mind. Here's why I don't think it's going to work out and make sure that you state that you still want to be friends. And a lot of the times those statements or those promises are very see-through. If you actually make an effort afterward too, then that is one thing that's really helped me remain friends. Um, With that being said, I also think that you need a grace period after just for your emotions to settle Um, you to think it through, you to process it. So a lot of times I'll always say, let me know when you're ready. I will, I'll leave you alone for however long you need. Just let me know. I still want to be friends with you. I still respect you. Obviously I liked you for how long. I still think you're a great person. So you just have to start to ego a little bit and then just be aware that it's not going to be instantly best friends and, or remain the same that way that it was before. Yeah. And it helps if, if you already have a habit of communication, but I think it does become tricky if there have been signs of like, say codependency or something like that. And yes. so what do you do if the other person isn't on board and they're like, hell no, Bella, I want to stay, I want to stay together. I'm, and they're, and they're, they're outside your win- window playing a guitar and singing songs and, and saying, don't leave me. What- no, that has never happened to me because unfortunately I'm not in a movie. I don't live in a movie. <laughs> I would just say you just have to make them very clear that there's better things out there for them, that you are not what is best for them, that you are not going to be fully invested in the relationship, no matter how hard you may want to be invested or how hard they or how bad they want you to be invested. It's, you just have to cut it off cold turkey. You can't waver at all because that's when things start to get a little messy. You're not fully into it, but you feel bad. So yeah, cold turkey, just cut it off. Say, if you can't accept it, then like I have to keep my distance from you. Hopefully you'll never have to have a restraining order or anything if they won't leave you alone. But yeah. Yeah, right on. I think as we're wrapping up here, so I'm going to ask, you know, final question. What would you say is the the hottest experience that you have not yet experienced that you want to experience? Ooh, I would have to say something with something where it's like dangerous almost where like you're in public, but not really, or something along those lines where like you could get caught for doing something still not obviously not like streaking or like having sex in the middle of the street or something like that, but something a little more, a little sneaky. Yeah, that sounds great. You can also do some role play there too. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, this is fantastic. How do people stay in touch with you and follow your journey and also read your blog and all of that? 
yeah, you can stay in touch with me following me on Instagram. I am becoming. I respond to all my DMs, all my comments. So definitely do that. My email is also in the bio there. And my website is IamIsabellaAnn.com. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Bella. It's been a blast having a, having a chat with you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning into this episode. Once again, I say this every show, but don't forget to swing by Apple and leave us a review. Even if you hated the show, give us some feedback. I need that feedback so we can keep growing and improving. Of course, if you want to be featured on the show, I say this every time too. You can DM me on Instagram or at follow Noah, or you can visit the website, dirtondating.com slash single to introduce yourself and tell us your story. That's it for this one. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Dirt on Dating Show. We hope you enjoyed the ride. Stay safe. Talk dirty. And we'll see you here tomorrow for another wild dating adventure.